three, two, one, go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 14 of the Kicking About podcast. Uh, back again, me and Tim. Unfortunately, Ty is not here once again. Part-timer. He is a part-timer. He is a part-timer. Um, so no Ty this week. Um, Last-minute dropout as well. Very last-minute dropout, actually. He didn't really give us much of a much much warning at all. So, you know, I don't think we'll have to upgrade this yellow card to a red card maybe this week. Put him in the sim bin. Um, but yeah, the two of us today, we're going to talk about uh, a couple of things that have been happening recently. Um, one of the big things is obviously the Ballon d'Or, which happened last night. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So we'll jump into that in a little while. But first of all, we just wanted to touch on our um, predictions because we didn't have an episode last week, but we did still do predictions amongst ourselves. Um, by the time this comes up, we'll we'll have updated the score table, but we haven't actually got a full updated table yet. But we're just going to go through how many points we, we all did get. Um, just so you know, the time of recording right now is the 30th of November at around 7 o'clock. 6 o'clock. Six o'clock. So uh, when we drop predictions in later on for this midweek round of fixtures, all on Amazon Prime, um, we won't actually know this result. So six o'clock at the moment. But let's jump into what we had. So we had Arsenal-Newcastle first, um, which Arsenal won 2-0. Um, I went for a 2-1 Arsenal. So, you know, I'll take I'll take the two points. Uh, Ty went for Arsenal 1-Newcastle 1, which is... Very, very poor from him. Didn't get any points there at all. And you also went for 2-1. Yeah. So, you know, great minds think alike. And as usual, Ty, does, he lets us down, really. Um, Palace v Villa was next. Um, that ended Palace 1, Villa 2. Um, I went Palace 1, Villa 1, so I got it wrong. Ty went Crystal Palace 2, Villa 1, so mm, again, reverse. got it wrong. And yeah. Tim, you went two-two as well. You felt a yep. draw. We're very in, in sync this week, aren't yes. we? With our like result-wise, um, Liverpool, Southampton. That finished four-nil. Liverpool. Uh, I went three-one. Liverpool. I went three-one. Tim went three-one. Ty went two-two. Hot, the man of hot takes. <laughs> the man of hot takes, thinking Liverpool won't get a win against Southampton. Yep. Unbelievable. Um, Norwich Wolves. Um, that obviously finished as a nil-nil stalemate. Uh, I went two-one Norwich. You went two-one Norwich. Yep. And Ty went 2-1 Wolves, so no one got any points there at all. Um, Brighton leads, again, another 0-0 stalemate. Um, I went 1-1, Ty went 1-1, and Tim, you went 2-0 Brighton. What was the result again? 0-0. Oh, okay. <laughs> For, yes. Um, not, not, I mean, not a bad guess at all. Uh, then we went on to the games from Sunday, so Brentford-Everton. Um, I went for Brentford 1, Everton 2. Ty went for Brentford 1, Everton 3. And Tim went for Brentford 2, Everton 3. And obviously that finished as a 1-0 victory for Brentford. Uh, Burnley Spurs postponed because of the snow. So uh, no points there at all. Uh, Leicester Watford. That yeah, what, what that means is, Ty, if you're listening, um, there's still a very high chance that... Um, do, do we include this game when they reschedule it? If, if they reschedule... <laughs> So me, so obviously some of you may know, uh, some of you may remember that we had a little bet with Ty about if Harry Kane could score four goals or more before the end of the year. Um, so I'm going to put this to the to the listeners out there. The deal we had with Ty was that four four goals in the games that were left in 2021. Obviously now this game has been postponed. Do we count this as a game that's been missed because it's probably not going to get rescheduled this year? Mm. Or do we include this game when it gets rearranged, whether, even if that is next year? So is this a game we still count for Harry Kane yeah. to score goals in? So let's say it gets to the end of December and Harry Kane has two goals and this match is rearranged for February and he scores a hat-trick. 
Um, are we are, are we allowed to count this? We'll yes. let you decide um, because Ty is very biased and is adamant that uh, we can't count this game because it, it's gone. It's not in 2021. So I mean, he's not here, so you can say whatever you want. Yeah, true. We can, we, we can make any rules we want to when yeah. he's not here. So that's, that's, that's what he has to deal with when he doesn't turn up to but shoot. But we want you guys so, to tell us what you think. Yeah, you let us know um, whether we should count it or whether we shouldn't. And if you have ideas as to what forfeit we should um, punish Ty with, uh, let us know. That's that's confidence as well. Punish tie with not what we yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have to endure. Um, I feel like I'm gonna bite. <laughs> me and you're gonna be struggling. If Ty yeah. wins this, we're never gonna live it down. Yeah. Um, anyway, we went on to Leicester v Watford next. Uh, Leicester won that game four two. Um, Ty went three one. I went two two, and you went two, two one, one Leicester. So yeah. you and Ty both got points there. Uh, Man City West Ham was next. Uh, that ended two one Man City. Did West Ham score in that? I thought it was 2-0. Oh, Lanzini scored right at the end, which is why I don't remember so it. You've broken your prediction. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had I had Man City, West Ham 2-0, uh, dead on. So, uh, Ty went Man City 2, West Ham 2. Tim, you went 3-2 Man City, so again, another correct result. And then we all back to the same outcome in this last match, Chelsea United. I backed 3-1 Chelsea. Ty went 4-0 Chelsea, and you went 4-2 Chelsea. Obviously, that ended in a 1-1 draw, thanks to uh, good old Jorginho, both ends of the pitch. Man United, Carrick at the wheel. That's what I'm saying. Did the um, full uh, Rio Ferdinand speech, Carrick at the wheel. I, I, there's the thing. Um, I was looking at, um, there's a full-on debate about uh, Ronaldo's row, uh, within, role within Man United. And uh, we're not going to discuss this. I'm just going to point out, like, I've been right this whole time. Like, Ronaldo broke United. Because I was, I was looking at the stats, the pressing stats. In terms of how hard each player is um, uh, pressing, and of the every player that has started for Man United this season, um, Ronaldo is on this is the dead second to last, and the last person being De Gea. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah, at all. so Fred is on top with like uh, 32 press presser rating, and De Gea, just for reference, is 0.06. So there's some pressing apparently. Yeah. Um, but uh, Ronaldo. Dead second to last uh, at uh, five. So uh, I suppose my point is, you know, Ronaldo, everyone's, you know, bigging him up, but I suppose he's not as good as a purchase as we, some people might suggest him to be because it breaks the system, which is really interesting. I think we have to big up uh, McFred as well. They were very, very solid for United against Chelsea. I think they both had very good games. Um, I saw a lot of people raving about Fred on social media afterwards. Best game for a long time. Um, McTominay was... Same machine he usually is, so um, some positive performances there. Man of the match, no? Uh, Scott McTominay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was and uh, deserved it as well. To be honest, even speaking as a Chelsea fan, fully deserved it. Um, but yeah, just to round off the predictions. So, so basically, you know, you and I got quite a lot correct. I, well, I, I I ended up getting four results correct. Um, Tim, I think you got three results correct. No, you got four results correct as well, and Ty got nothing. No, he's got some, I'm sure. One. Two. Ty got two results correct. So, again, Ty does slip down that leaderboard more because me and Tim have picked up more points. So um, Doing a Newcastle there. He is doing... Maybe even more doing a Newcastle after, after tonight. We don't know. We don't know. Um, but, yeah, that was our predictions from last week. Just because we didn't get around to actually recording an episode last week, we thought we'd keep you all updated with how we'd done. Um, we did still do them. Um, so, yeah, super, super fun. Speaking of tonight... Speaking of tonight, Norwich v Newcastle. It's a big one. Potential six-point swing. 
it's, this is this is a, a relegation battle on what match match day 12, 14 13 14 14 yeah this is this is a huge game with huge implications because no team will want to lose it but both teams will want to win it um for Norwich, this is a big chance for them to get out of the relegation zone. Yeah, Dean Smith proving himself. Because um, they've got, out of six points, he's got four since Dean Smith got appointed. That's massive. And if they can propel themselves three points above Newcastle, that's almost in the safety. Yeah, it'll be uh, level on 12 points with Leeds, but just wor- much worse goal difference. So again, w- but once you put yourself level on points with Leeds, you know, Watford one point b- behind, Southampton you're two points behind, Everton you're three points behind. So there's a, a huge, huge chance here for Norwich to start making up some ground, but also a huge chance for Newcastle to make up some ground, because if they win tonight, it'll be their first win of the season. Um, Eddie Howe will build a little bit more momentum. And... Again, their chance that if Newcastle win, they'll go level on points with Norwich and go above them on goal difference. So, mm. all to play for tonight. Um, how did you see it? I, I, I want to say how did you see it going, but we're going to do predictions in a little Just, while. Anyway. Well, before that, like, really interesting how, like, if you look at the goal difference, you, you, you mentioned it just now, how there's only four teams in the league at the moment in the league with positive goal difference. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's a lot of neutral goal difference, but of the four, only three of them are in the plus 20s. That's kind of crazy to think. 13 weeks in, and the top three is running away with it. And yes, you know, Arsenal, what a turnaround by Arsenal so far. West Ham fighting for fourth. Uh, yeah, good season, very interesting. And it's it's going yeah. to be a really good season because you've got you know teams, Tottenham, United, Leicester, all kind of just above the halfway point in the table. And you've got teams that maybe you wouldn't expect to be down in the relegation zone, like Everton battling down there, Aston Villa battling down there. Again, even... I mean, it is still nine points currently, but Leicester is still floating around that area. Um, but yeah, the season is it is shaping up to be an interesting one, except for that top three battle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the top three will be those three teams. In what order, I can't predict. I'd love to say Chelsea is a Chelsea fan, but... You just don't know. Liverpool keep grinding out results. Man City keep grinding out results. And it's going to be really interesting to see how the table looks at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to see how many teams finish with a positive goal difference in the end as well. Because I didn't even realise that until you just just said it. Only, yeah, the top three in West Ham are the only teams with positive goal difference. Yep. And you've got Crystal Palace, Brentford and... Wolves all on neutral, so... I'm sure we'll talk about it in a future episode, but what's going on with football? Can uh, Is it just a big three emerging and everyone else can't defend? Man United definitely can't defend. Is it the quality of managers? Is the quality of managers going down? Uh, have players and clubs gotten so used to not playing with fans now, having them back is a hindrance at times. I mean, I don't know if you saw this, but the, the response from the Everton fans on Sunday when they lost to Brentford, do you see any of the videos of... The Everton fans, you know, the players went over to clap them, congratulate them, and the Everton oh, yeah. fans were all just swearing at them. Wow. Calling them names, sticking fingers up at them and all that. And maybe uh, maybe the game is changing a little bit. And maybe, you know, the last year and a half has had a an impact on that. And especially how players have gotten used to maybe playing behind closed doors and fan atmosphere is changing. Yeah, definitely worth exploring, which we will. Um so to you know, looking back at Norwich v New- Newcastle, 
It's going to be a big one. Um, I think if... Because Norwich has been doing really well the, the last two weeks. With you know, I don't know if it's a new manager boost or you know if Dean Smith is putting on the finishing touches that you know Farker has been trying to build. You know, I, I, I've always felt like that squad is some finesse away from doing reasonably well in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, but I think losing tonight would undo that good work completely because we're back to the bottom again. It's all about momentum, isn't it? I mean, we've got uh, a squad that maybe needed some momentum. Um, hadn't won in have many Premier League games, 16, 17 Premier League games. And then to kind of be three on the trot unbeaten, uh, two clean sheets in that, you build that momentum that you need to keep it going. How do you keep that momentum going? How do you ensure that you don't lose games? And I think, as you said, if a loss to Newcastle tonight undoes that work and it, it drops morale again and we may see that dip in form again from Norwich, which you don't want to see because they've got tough games coming up after, I yeah. think it's after Newcastle today, isn't it? They're, um, I know they've got the, the some of the big teams coming up in the next few weeks. I'm just trying to quickly load it up. Um, yeah, Newcastle, Tottenham at the weekend, Man United the weekend after, then the game with Villa, West Ham, who are high-flying at the moment in fourth. Well, you know Dean Smith's going to want to want to win the Villa one. Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, there is there is a lot of tough games you're probably not going to get points from I mean after West Ham Arsenal Crystal Palace and then you end you start the new year with, with Leicester so I, I suppose after the last two weeks we'd go into these games a little bit more confident knowing that Norwich can beat a team reasonably well I mean Norwich have, Norwich have always uh, Norwich always had that ability to do that because you know, we go back to Man City a couple of seasons ago no, at Carrow Road. I, I lost my voice that day. And we look back at some of the previous years they've been in the Premier League. Wins over United, um, wins over Arsenal. Norwich have beaten big teams. It's really funny. Cause I'm, re I'm reading through Reddit at the moment. This guy uses uh, free, free hit on his uh, FPL team to get all Newcastle and, and, and um, Norwich players. Because he's expecting, I'm guessing this guy's expecting a goal fest oh, yeah, it's going to go either way isn't it because the two teams can't defend there's either going to yeah. be loads and loads of shots or it's going to be a game that's just completely boring and two two teams that are too cautious but I, I'm, I'm thinking there'll be more shots we should see a, a hat full of shots in this game because both defences aren't the best right now who would you say are the key players this game the key players for me definitely St Maximum yep. always always a key player for Newcastle yep. um I mean, I don't know Newcastle's squad as well. I mean, Shelby's always instrumental for Newcastle as well in, in, in that midfield. So, what about Norwich? Norwich definitely need Timu Puki to be on form. Uh, obviously, so much of the, the attack and the goals go through him, so he definitely needs to be on form. Um, Gilmore. Gilmore always, always produces quality. Him and Rash Rasitska have been playing quite well recently, mm, so hopefully yeah. as long as them two keep it up. I think the real question with the Norwich team is who steps in for Norman? Um, obviously, the like-for-like -like replacement will be Rup. Rup came on at the weekend. Um, did okay, but he's very inconsistent. Um, does Lise Melu get another chance in the team? But Norman will be a huge miss for Norwich tonight because he's definitely been their stand-up player so far this season. Yeah. And if <clears throat> they can create enough space for Puki with support... Pookie always just he just he just needs people around him. Obviously, yeah. 
his success over the last season or so has largely been down to Buendia and the way that him and Buendia linked up. He needs to have that connection with someone else. And I think Norwich, not just Dean Smith now, but Farker as well beforehand, didn't know the best two players to play around him. You know, was it Rashitska? Was it uh, Jolis? Was it playing just two up front with Sargent? Is it playing Sargent on the wing? Um, no one seemed to know what the best combination was to support Pukki. And the sooner that's figured out, the, the better chances Norwich have of staying up. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it played out. I'm definitely going to try to watch it tonight. It's on Amazon. Amazon Prime, that's um, what we like. So here's a fun fact um, I found out, that if Norwich wins tonight, they would have scored the most Premier League points in November out of all the teams. Granted, they will have one game in hand. One game to, one yeah. game more, but you know that's still what, seven points so far. Win tonight takes them to ten. What a turnaround. Well, well, well good November for Norwich, eh? Yeah. Being bottom of the league with two two points. So we'll come to our predictions later on at the end of the episode. Um, Ballon d'Or time? Ballon d'Or time, Ballon I think. Ballon d'Or time. Ah, this is what we wanted. Um, obviously, the ceremony took place last night. Um, lots of good results. Uh, obviously, we'll run through that full Ballon d'Or list um, overall. But I, what, one, th- one thing that I really wanted to touch on, first of all, and some people will call me biased for this, because it is, it is a Chelsea point of view. But I do think that Edouard Mendy was robbed of the Yashin Award for the best goalkeeper of the year. It went to Donnarumma. It's because they won the Euros. It went to Donnarumma. And I saw a, I saw a stat, stat breakdown between Mendy and Donnarumma over 2021. Um, Mendy played 50 games, Donnarumma 54. So four games more for Donnarumma. Donnarumma had 14 clean sheets compared to Mendy's 27. He conceded 47 goals compared to Mendy's 29 and only won the Euro. Whereas Mendy obviously has picked up two trophies this year with the Champions League and the Super Cup. How, how, when the stats look like that, has Mendy not won that award? You've got to think that part of winning Ballon d'Or is branding as well. Ballon, it's 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 a French competition, right? It's uh, yeah. The Ballon d'Or is a French competition. Is it is it because Donnarumma now plays for PSG? I don't think it's that as so much as the player profile, because Mendy is is a quite a low profile player. But Donnarumma has been on everyone's radar. Everyone knows who he is. Like if you know if you follow football, you know who he is. Whereas like newspapers can't even get um, what's his face uh, the 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 sex offender. Um, yeah, the Mendy for Man City. Oh, Benjamin. Yeah, they can't even get those two Mendys right. Like, think about yeah. me, who can't even get their right, names right. So that, you know, Mendy has a, not not his fault, but there's a branding issue, rec- name recognition issue. Whereas Dora don't doesn't. I just, I, just, I just think it's it's outrageous. I think the stats don't lie and... We need to appreciate Edouard Mendy. But this is this is not an objective, objective. Um, it's never been an objective, like I suppose, competition or uh, award. It's always subjective. It's yeah, and that's the that's annoying fair. part. Like like the year twenty nineteen, the year you know everyone thought Van Dijk was going to win it. 
Well, I don't know if everyone thought it. I thought he was going to win it. Uh, yeah, 20, 2018, I'd say. 2019 was the year. Wait, was it? No, yeah, 2019. Because it was last year we all thought Lewandowski would win it and then it got cancelled. Well, yeah, last year was cancelled. And did you see the bit where Messi, in his acceptance speech, said they should have retrospectively given yeah. him the Ballon d'Or? They should have done. Yeah. He was, he was the best player in, in the world last it's year. It's an like, easy win. Just Europe. He's the best player in the whole world. Um, but yeah, the Yashin Trophy went to Donnarumma. Um, they did honour Lewandowski with the Best Striker of the Year award. <laughs> uh, Lewandowski was the first time winner of that new award. Um, Club of the Year. I'm going to be smug about this one, Chelsea. Uh, what a team. My, what a friend, team. Uh, my friend, who's a West Brom supporter, uh, posted... Um, let me show you. Um, Josh, just a shout out for you. Um, I don't know how well can you take this, but um, basically the, the result from April where Chelsea lost to Raspon 5-2. Oh, 100%, I know that. I've seen, I've seen loads of stats recently saying about how like, Chelsea have only conceded 21, 22 goals. And I think if you take out the five goals in that one game, in 50 games to concede... Like take away them five goals, seventeen goals in fifty games. That was an off. That was a day off. The, that was a bad day at the office. That's what I'm going to say about that West Brom game. Just you know, shambles. He, Josh runs all the smoke. So, um, um, well, Josh, um, where are your West Brom team now? Struggling in the championship, from what I can see. So, uh, if you want to call that your club of the year, is then, this club yeah. of the year thing new? Uh, no, it's always been a thing. Um, it, it represents the club as a whole, um, so across the men's and women's game. Right. Um, Chelsea did pretty well in the women's game. It, yeah, exactly. Very, very well in the women's game with the Super League and Champions League final. Um, and then obviously the men's Champions League trophy being won. Um, and some good results across the youth youth setup as well. So definitely well-deserved for Chelsea. Um, for, for once, they're doing well in the youth. Chelsea have always done well in the in, in you. Never promoted them. Yeah, it's, it's just always money, isn't it? Um, uh, obviously, the women's Ballon d'Or uh, went to Alexia Putellas. I hope I've pronounced that right from Barcelona. Um, third place for Sam Kerr. Definitely a, a, a huge achievement for her. I, I reckon if Chelsea had won the Champions League or if she managed to take Australia further in the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. But again, another great year for um, Sam Kerr. Um, the Copper Trophy, which is the best player under 21, again, well-deserved. Went to Pedri from Barcelona. That kid has talent. That kid has stamina to play, what, 73-odd games in the season um, to go from the Euros to the Olympics, straight back into that Barcelona setup. Uh, well-deserved. And obviously, we go on to the men's Ballon d'Or. Um so reverse order. Rever reverse order. We'll start yeah. from we'll start from the bottom yeah. um, because I I again don't agree straight away with this. Uh, Aspilicueta and Modric in joint twenty ninth. Um, I get Aspilicueta's not always been in the team for Chelsea, yeah. but Champions League winning captain um, did well with Spain in the summer in the Euros. You know after they've struggled in international competitions. I mean defenders are always going to get the wrong end of the stick. They, this. they do, and also Luka Modric, you know, won the Ballon d'Or a couple of years ago, and now straight down at the bottom. I know Real Madrid didn't have the best year, but I do think there's players on this list that um, could be below them. Uh, joint twenty sixth, uh, Gerard Moreno of Villarreal, Ruben Diaz of Manchester City, and mm. Nicolo Barella of Inter Milan. I think Barella's a little bit unlucky here. 
because I feel like there's not as much interest in the Italian game, and I feel like he has had quite a good year with Inter Milan. Um, but because of the players on this list and they're more well-known... Yeah, it's a branding thing. ...suffers, yeah. yeah. Um, but again, Diaz, one of the best centre-backs of the year, really, for City. Um, Gerard Moreno, another Europa League trophy. Mm. Done well in Spain. Um, he really annoyed me. Because he's an ex-Liverpool player. And all he was on about during that final was you never walk alone. Oh, get away. They didn't want you. Well, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, this is the uh, interesting point for me here. Number 25. And I think this finally set off the debate that I've been having for so long. Who's better, Phil Foden or Mason Mount? Because Phil Foden is in 25th place on the Ballon d'Or. And I think that settles it. I think we now all know who the who the real best player so, so is. So what you're saying is you disagree with some aspect of the... Oh, 100%. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, but when, this, it when it favours argument, you, okay. when it favours my argument, 100%. Yeah. Uh, Phil Foden in 25th, Pedri in 24th, uh, Harry Kane I'll give you in this. 23rd. Harry uh, Mason Mount has had more game time and more consistency than Phil Foden has so far this season. I know it's a previous season award. Yeah, but um, so far... But also, Mason Mount has been out injured. for a while. Phil Foden has had some time out on the injury list as well. Um... And neither of them have really been playing consistent football so far this year. I know Foden always gets Champions League time and always plays well in the Champions League, but I, I, I do think that this is a this is the deciding factor mm. in who's the better player. Cool. Shocked by Harry Kane in twenty third, expecting to be higher, expecting to be lower. Yeah, I, I, you, you'd expect him to be higher, I think, but, but I suppose. You know, because his, his national team career has been pretty good um, last year, last season. But uh, Tottenham's just been disappointing. And I think, you know, even in an objective point of view, you need to have a good both both sides yeah, to, to do well in the Ballon d'Or vote. It's got to be a balance, isn't there? Um, joint 21st, uh, the final tied position here, uh, Lotaro Martinez of Inter Milan and Bruno Fernandes. Oh my goodness! I played United. FIFA yesterday, and that was really annoying. <laughs> oh, what Bruno Fernandes? Yep. Yeah, I know. No. Just don't uh, get it. Like it's three years now. Twentieth, <laughs> uh, Riyad Mahrez. I think he's a bit lucky to be that high. Because, um, like, how can you say Bruno is is lower than than Mahrez? And Mahrez doesn't play week in week out. Exactly. Mahrez plays every other game, doesn't he? Um, so I I do think Mahrez is a bit high there. Uh, Mason Mount in nineteenth. Simon Kiar in AC Milan. He did get a special mention last night for um, saving Ericsson's life, which was a very heartfelt moment. Um, but I think if we look at footballing ability this year, took Denmark to the semi-finals of the Euros. If we go off footballing ability, is he higher than maybe he should be? Like, I'm not taking away from what he's done yeah. on the pitch. But on football terms alone. <clears throat> I do think maybe he's, he's a little bit higher than maybe where he should be. Um Luis Suarez seventeenth, Neymar in sixteenth. Luis Suarez never finished top three. I've been, I've just found out. Yeah, he, he doesn't he doesn't yeah. tend to do too well, but he's he's a good it, consistent player. Even the years where he was like absolutely killing it for Liverpool, I suppose Liverpool didn't do so well back then. So yeah. Again, maybe just based on the name, a bit surprised to see Neymar down in sixteenth as well. But um, what has Neymar done this year? Yeah, well, true. He spent a lot of time out injured, doesn't he? Um, Raheem Sterling in 15th. Oh, no, he also signed a $100 million deal worth Puma. Got dropped by Nike, so he signed a $100 million deal worth Brilliant. Puma. It's all that, all that money he needs. 
Uh, Raheem Sterling in 15th. Uh, again, what has Raheem Sterling really done outside of the Euros this year? He played well at the start of the season, but yeah. I have He's again. It's like Mares. You know, the Man City is such a rotational side. You can't break into the team. No. I think his competition now with Foden, with Grealish, with Ferran Torres, who's rumoured to be going to Barcelona now. Um, Raheem always plays well at international level. And yeah. I think, again, this is what, as what you said. It's, it's more based off international. Um, and then it factors in club football afterwards. Yeah. Um, again, I, I'm, I'm glad to see him up there. Don't get me wrong. Mm. I think Raheem has played really well during Underrated. the Euros and was England's best player probably of the year. But Harry Kane will get all the accolades because of the goals he scored now. Um, My friend Andy would vehemently disagree with you. Do you think? Yeah. I, I think he's unreasonable. But um, who, wait, wait, who? Harry? One of my friends, uh, Andy, will strongly disagree with Sterling being a good player for England. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. Well, Andy, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, Leonardo Bonucci in 14th, along with Chiellini in 13th, the two defensive rocks for Italy. But again, we look at Juventus... Yeah, Juventus has been horrible. Horrible. They're, they're near the relegation. this season. Mid, well, I think they're mid-table now, aren't they? They're mid, but like the way they're, they're going. quite far off of yeah. top, the top teams in and, Serie A. And again, you know, I suppose they're only that high because they've done well for Italy. Yeah. And Italy's done well. Lukaku in 12th. Again, I, I, don't, I, I don't watch much Serie A, so I don't know what he was like, but maybe a little bit higher than where he should be. Um Especially when you look towards the bottom of that list and, you know, players, uh, I do think players like uh, Barella, Pedri could be a little bit higher. I think Bruno could be higher. Yeah. Because it's only really been this last month or so that he hasn't been performing well. So no. I think I think both It's the only sustained spell where he hasn't been spectacular. Yeah. Uh, Haaland in 11th, again, I think is a bit of a... Oh, should Haaland be that low with the season he's had? I don't know. No national team performance. No Especially national, yeah, in a year true, where true. you look at, you know, the winner who's won, finally brought some national team glory for them. True. And I suppose, you know, the voters might think he is um, he's playing for a small club, which is BS, but... True. Well, Dortmund are already out the Champions League, aren't they? So, um, yeah. And he can drop into the Europa League now. Uh, 10th, Donnarumma. Again, don't agree with this. Mendy should be higher in the list than Donnarumma. The fact that Mendy didn't get a, a nomination is, is outrageous. Um, but again, I don't think Donnarumma is that high. The players on this list, I think Donnarumma should be filling in around the 20, 25, 25th, 26th. He played, he played for Milan, though, before this. Yeah, but what did Milan actually exactly. Well, that's, that's what I mean. That's what like, I mean. They got back like, into the Champions League, but there's no trophies to go there. There's no silverware or anything like that. It's all just name recognition. It is, it is. Uh, Mbappe ninth, De Bruyne eighth, Salah seventh. That was surprising. Salah, I'd expect to be a couple of places higher, maybe. But at least, you know, you'd think he'd be higher than Ronaldo. Oh, 100%. Ronaldo, obviously, now in, in, in sixth place. It's the first time in how many years? I can't remember, 10, 11, yeah. 12 years Ronaldo's but, finished outside the top three. But if you think about his national team and club career last season, just not spe- spectacular. Yeah, and uh, might not even get to the World Cup next year either. They'll yeah. have to go through qualifying with Italy. So in in that bracket, they could come up against Italy in the final. Portugal could be a, a, a... No World Cup appearance for Ronaldo, no chance to captain his side at one more one more tournament. Um, fourth, uh, fifth, fifth place we haven't done yet, N'Golo Kante. Can't argue with that. One of the best midfielders in the world in Golo. Um, fourth place, Karen Benzema again. I, th- I think Benzema falls under the radar a lot um, in his football ability. I don't want to talk about him as a person because I don't necessarily like him as a person, but his football ability does go under the radar. And 
I do think that he is very underrated and should be appreciated because he, he does perform well for Real Madrid. And I think this season he's showing us again that he was just overlooked in those years when he had Bale and Ronaldo yeah. with him. Um, and he's still there, still performing. Um, let me get into the top three. And I, I Here we go. have seen a lot of people, all three positions disagree with. Um, third place, Jorginho. Second place, Lewandowski. First place, the GOAT, Lionel Messi. Are you team Messi? I have always been team Messi, I can't lie. I think... But I appreciate Ronaldo. I, I think for me, he's always been, been... You know, Messi's always been the more naturally talented... You know, the, the more talented one. You know, more gifted one. But Ronaldo's work rate is something that I've really come to admire. When I actually didn't like him as much during his... Um, United years the first stint because he's always a bit too flamboyant for me too showboaty wasn't showboaty too you know a little bit too divery too complainy and also the the the, the Euro 20, 2004 stunt really like, oh I, yeah yeah I'm a big Rooney stan just just so everyone knows and when he like did that little wink I, I, I that really turned me off Ronaldo <laughs> for a few years um so yeah I've been team Messi for a long time but also come to admire you know Ronaldo's yeah. I think as well, it's hard to sometimes compare them because they are two different players. Um, yeah. They play different positions. So what are your thoughts? Definitely happy with Jorginho in third place. Uh, I have seen some people on social media throw some comments around asking if he deserves it. Like, what has he done? Would Chelsea still have won the league if he wasn't in that team? And let's say Kovacic was. Would Italy still have won the Euros if he wasn't in that team? And another Italian player was. And everyone's answering yes, probably, with the squads they had. But I I really do appreciate Jorginho and he got a little bit of stick at the weekend for the mistake against United, uh, redeemed himself from the penalty spot. But uh, I I never liked Jorginho when he first joined Chelsea, but I've come to really appreciate Jorginho now that he's sitting in that holding role and he's knocking the ball around. And I do think he's one of, he is a very important player for Chelsea in both on the field and in the dressing room. And I think the same in Italy, on the field and in the dressing room, he's, he's a very big player. And I know he'll get stick again for the, from the national side of point of view because he missed that penalty against Switzerland, which would have put Italy, if he'd have scored it, straight into that World Cup World Cup position. But yeah, I, 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 I like Jorginho in third. Do I think Lewandowski could have won it over Messi? Yeah. You think there'll be like, a lot of what? like sympathy votes from last year spill, spilling over? Yeah. Clearly wasn't enough. But I think it's it's just because of that summer that Messi had with Argentina. I think he, he's pip, he's pipped the voters. It will, it's more of a fresh memory. You know, we look at Lewandowski and we think... I think because he had such an excellent last year. Yeah. Whatever, uh, the year before. Whatever he's done this year, if it doesn't top it, it suddenly becomes not as exciting. Yeah. And it's unfair on him. Yeah. Because he should have won it. The year before. He should have done. But uh, I, I do agree with the top three. I, I think the right top three are there. Um, we said our predictions, didn't we, uh, a couple of episodes ago now on where we think, who we think should finish. And my top three was Messi, Lewandowski and Jorginho. So I, I think it might have been in this order as well. I think I called the top three of the Ballon d'Or. Right. I, I need to go back and listen to it to right, find out. Listeners, um, if, if he did get it right, should, should he get some bonus points in the prediction league? No, I don't. If if I if I do get it right, and Ty has got only one player in the top three, Ty has to do a forfeit, and he's not here to um, say no. So whatever us. we say goes. Yes. Yeah. So if if I have got the top three exactly right, and Ty has one or less 
Am I saying this right? Sure, yeah. One or less positions right, yeah. or players right in the top three, then Ty has to do a forfeit that he c- cannot not do. I'm trying to think of the right word, way to word this. He has to do it. He has to do it. Yeah. He has to do it. Um, Even though he's not here to agree or disagree with it. Uh, so let's just yeah. uh, vote for a democracy. Um, all in favour of that in this room, hand up. Yep. Oh, yeah, me and Tim. Uh, okay, there we go. Pass. In the democracy. Pass in but, motion. Yeah. Um, what should we make him do? You let us know. Uh, do you know what? Do you know what? I'm a Chelsea fan, but I I think we should make him come in in one of your United shirts. Oh, let's do it! And we need to take a picture and a picture, post it on, on, on the internet. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, or, or something like that. Maybe yeah. maybe maybe a Tottenham shirt or something like that. I don't know. What will wind him up more? Oh, who does he dislike? Yeah, everyone and everything. Arteta. Let's get like a he 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 really doesn't like Arteta. Does yeah, Arsenal shirt. I've got an Arsenal shirt. Because oh, I've got a Tommy okay. shirt. Okay, yes, yes. Let's put him in an Arsenal shirt. Yeah. That'll, that'll affect yeah. him more. Let's put him in an yeah. Arsenal shirt. And he has to say in on video that Mikel Arteta is the... And then when Harry Kane scores more than four, we get, oh. we'll go get a Harry Kane. Not, not our, our money, obviously. I'm not going to do that. Um, but I'll get borrow someone's Harry Kane um, kit and then we'll put it on him. I like that. I like that. Completing it's the good. North London set. It's good. And making Ty as annoyed as possible. Easily done. Easily done. Easily done. Um, but yeah, that was a quick review of the Ballon d'Or. Um, we have to do re- predictions for this coming week. We do have to do predictions for games that start in an hour's time, um, which we're probably going to get starting lineups for soon. Let's I'm have a look. Making sure they're not out already. I think I think both games kick off at seven forty-five, right? Yeah, Norwich is starting uh, with Tim Krul in goal, Max Aarons, Ben Gibson, um, Grant Hanley. Brandon Williams, no surprises there. Ooh, five midfielders. Yeah, it'll be it'll be the four three yeah, two one. Gilmore, uh, how do you pronounce that name? Scholis. Scholis. Yeah, yeah uh, McLean and Sergeant, and then Pookie up front. So that'll be Solis on the left, Sergeant on the right, yeah. and then the midfield of McLean and Gilmore in front of Rupp. Hmm. Any Very interesting names on the bench? No, not really. No. Is Camel injured? Uh, I think he picked up a knock. I want to say he picked up a knock. Can't remember. He's not on it. Newcastle is the Newcastle team there yet? Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Uh, they have to. Is it an hour and a half? They have to submit it by. Um, Dubravka, uh, and then back forward with uh, Clark, Shah, uh, Jamal Lewis, Manquil, Manquilo, Manquillo, yeah, Manquillo, yeah, 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 and then um, oh, four four two. Um, John Drew Shelby, St. Maximan, uh, Ryan Fraser, Willock, and then up front, Callum Wilson and Joel Linton. 4-4-2. Oh, I was going to say, isn't he suspended? But it's Matt, Matt Ritchie that's suspended, isn't it? It's, yeah, um, Ryan Fraser's all good. So, predictions. Predictions. Let's, okay, let's jump on it. We've got Ty's predictions. So, even though he's not here, we do still have his results that he's get, putting in for this week. Um, so let's start then. Newcastle, Norwich. Uh, we'll start with Ty. Ty has gone Newcastle 2, Norwich 1. I will obviously back Norwich City again. Um, so I'm going Norwich 2, Newcastle 1. Ooh. They have struggled with scoring, but I'm going to go for a 4-3 to Norwich. They have struggled scoring, but I'm going to shove in a seven-goal thriller. <laughs> yes, because Norwich can't defend for their life. Yeah, and I think there will be a lot of shots in this game, to be fair. Um, Leeds Crystal Palace is the only other game tonight. Kicks off at 
quarter past oh wait yep, the Norwich game kick off at half seven yeah oh we got we got to get home quickly um, okay Leeds Crystal Palace uh, Ty's gone Leeds one Crystal Palace two so that's so much faith in Marcelo Bielsa he has I'm gonna go Palace two Leeds nil. Leeds at home, so surely they're going to score one. So let's go 1-3 to Palace. Nice, nice. Uh, up next, Southampton-Leicester tomorrow night. Uh, Ty's gone Southampton 1, Leicester 2. I'm going to go Southampton 1, Leicester 2. I'm going to go to the exact same result Ty's gone for, actually. Give me a sec. You're going through stats, aren't you? I You're am. becoming the stat man. Um, I, I always forget to look at actual predictions when I do my <laughs> Premier League uh, fantasy team. You know. Um, anyway, um, Leicester. I'm going to go for two-two. Nice, nice. Uh, so up next, Watford against Chelsea. Ty's gone Watford nil, Chelsea three. I mean, Chelsea can barely beat United and United lost to Watford 4-1. Whoa, well, Chelsea dominated United, I'll have you know. Just couldn't get the ball in the back. <laughs> um, Last three times these these teams have played in the league, in the Premier League, there's been three, at least three goals. So Let's go. 1-3 Chelsea. I'm going to go Watford 1, Chelsea 4. Although, it's the only thing with Chelsea games is, ever since they've been sponsored by 3, I've, I have found they're winning a lot of games 3-0. So I am, I am always tempted to just... And that's you know what, what I was done. actually thinking about this morning. You know what I was thinking about this morning in the shower? Do Chelsea staff members get free phone contracts as perks of working for Chelsea? Let's try it. Maybe we should try and find out. Maybe we should try and Because at, at first I was thinking, you know, the players would get free, you know, three contracts, but like nobody cares. They can afford the fifty. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. they can pay their own. Bill. Uh, the one, the one thought I always have is, um, if you were to bet on Chelsea to win three 0 every single game they've played since they were sponsored by three, would you be in a profit or a loss? That's what I want to know. But we'll never know that now. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll predict. We'll, we'll have a look. We'll talk about the next episode. I don't think we'll be able to find the odds though. And everything. Uh, that might be <laughs> uh, uh, West, oh, West, yeah, West Ham, so. West Ham, Brighton. One 0 West Ham. Uh, Ty's gone two 0 West Ham. And I will go 2-1, West Ham. Uh, Wolves, Burnley. Ty's gone 1-0, Wolves. 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. Two. Uh, no, not 2-1. Ignore me. 3-1, uh, Wolves. Okay, I'm going to go for a 2-0 Wolves. Uh, Aston Villa, Manchester City. Ty has very controversially gone Aston Villa 1, Man City 1. Maybe he's a, he's a closet Stevie G fan. Yeah, maybe he is. I'm um, going to go Aston Villa 1, West Ham. No, wait, what? Man City. Man City 3. What did West Ham call? Yeah, 1-3 uh, to City. Uh, and then the Merseyside derby. Uh, Everton-Liverpool. Ty's gone Everton 1, Liverpool 3. 
Um, I'd be interested. No, actually, that's a lie. Uh, two, three. No, two, four, Liverpool. Okay, I'm going to go Liverpool to win 3-1. Oh, no, because Ty's done that. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go Liverpool to win 2-1. Uh, Tottenham-Brentford on Thursday. Ty's one. gone... Oh, no, go on. No, 1-0 Tottenham. One nil Tottenham. Ty's gone 2-2 Tottenham-Brentford, so maybe he's probably predicted a couple of Harry Kane goals there. Uh, I'm going to go with Tottenham to win... 2-1 and then the final game probably the biggest game of the weekend uh, weekend midweek fixtures uh, Man United against Arsenal Ty's gone Man United 2 Arsenal 2 2-0 Man United Carrick's at the wheel <laughs> crikey uh, I'm going to go United 1 Arsenal 1 midweek fixtures completed Carrick's at the wheel. Carrick's definitely won't be at the wheel for much longer. That's the only thing. No. Um, well, thank you for tuning in to episode 14. Um, again, apologies that Ty is not here. I know some of you love hearing Ty's controversial opinions and, and, and thoughts, but hopefully we'll have him back soon and we'll see you all on episode 15. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm just asking him when he's next free to, to record because, you know... He does generate a lot of controversy. We, yeah, he does. He does. And, and, and we like good controversy here uh, at the pod. We do. And A-Ray does always tell us uh, that he loves listening to Ty's takes. So it's, it's always good when Ty's here, even though we take the mick out of him. Um, but yeah, Anyway, we'll, we'll see you in the next we'll one. We'll catch you all in episode 15. Have a good week. See ya. Bye.